bring up here, but would have been just fine letting Jason just keep keep talking. That would have been great. I'm going to start off this morning with a little story about a young man that his story kind of challenged me lately as I dug into it just a little bit. It has some lessons for us, I believe, or for me anyway, and I think maybe you can be challenged as well. On September 19, 1853, a ship left Liverpool, England. On it was a young man named Hudson Taylor. I don't know if you all know the name or not. He'd grown up in a Christian home, but as a, as a boy, he had no time for Christianity, he had no time for God. So he denounced his parents' faith. And then at 16, he read a tract and became converted, committed his life to the Lord, and uh, started serving, serving God. And then at 17 and a half, he committed his life, or his life's work, to going to China as a missionary. And during the next three years, he studied medicine, he studied languages, and while he was in the middle of all that, he moved to a poor community as he was studying to serve the people there and, and be a blessing and uh, witness where he was at at that point. And then it was only 21 when he set sail for China to, uh, to be a missionary there. And this was a life calling. It wasn't a year's term of service. It wasn't a three-week short mission trip. This was what he had committed to as a 17-and-a-half-year-old boy, and he was following through with that. And to get to China in those days, it took five months of rough sailing, of storms. You never knew what you were going to face. And this young man was just putting it all on the altar there. When he arrived, China was in the middle of a civil war, a lot of havoc and turmoil going on, and he just started right in with serving, serving people, preaching, preaching Jesus to whoever would listen. And I thought it was kind of interesting, something he kind of pioneered, because um, he had the problem. People didn't really accept him because he dressed like a European. He dressed like an Englishman, you know, with a black coat and, and uh, had his English hairstyle and, I guess, hat and who knows what all. The English people thought he was crazy for doing this, but he started dressing like a Chinese man and uh, kind of adopted their hairstyle. And he was like, he was willing to do anything to win a few people for Jesus. Over the years that he was in China, I'll just kind of briefly go over this because it's a long story. I think he was there like 50, well, he's back and forth a little bit, but. He was involved in this mission for like 50-some years. So we're going to go over it real briefly here, kind of share a few highlights. In the middle of the Civil War, he was almost killed by a cannonball. It was like a few inches away from his head. If it would have been a few inches different, he would have been killed by a cannonball. At one point, almost all his medical supplies were burnt in a fire. And once while he was traveling, he was robbed of almost everything he owned. And in his family life, he married another missionary lady there. Four of their children died while he was there. 
and he started a mission in a new city, and it was promptly the premises were attacked and looted and burned. And then, uh, so they had to leave for a bit, but he came back, he returned to that city to just keep spreading the gospel and serving the people there. And then, even after his wife died, he kept right on the field, he kept pressing on. He was just committed to this. And another time while he was traveling on a boat, he had a pretty nasty fall and he was almost paralyzed. While he was recovering, he recruited others to serve. And then as soon as he was able, he got right back into it again. And uh, during the Boxer Rebellion in China, in his, in his organization, 58 missionaries and 21 children were killed for their faith in, for their faith in Christ. And after the war, the government offered to compensate them for these deaths and he refused he was like no he wanted to forgive and show peace so his life was amazing to me and as a result of his dedication at the end of 1895 like 42 years after he arrived in China the mission or the organization that he kind of started had 650 missions 244 mission states stations 233 chapels, 149 organized churches, 209 schools, four hospitals, 35 drug rehab um, places to help people overcome their opium addictions, and had reached out and uh, reached out to 16 of 18 Chinese provinces. So it was just amazing to me how God used that to kind of blow up. And today, or one other thing, his children joined the work. And uh, I was watching a little video about it, and it was his great, great, one or two, three greats, grandson, was still involved in that same organization today. And just um, was, a, was, a, was a blessing to me. And even today, I think many Chinese Christians would trace their beliefs, their, um, the reason they believe in God today is because, you know, their ancestors would have, would have uh, heard about Christ from this man. So this morning, the topic of the, what I'm going to share about is being dedicated or sold out for God. I don't, go, I don't know if you need a title, I just, you know, something simple, a dedicated life is what I just want to talk about. Being sold out for God. And what does that mean for us today? Other words that would be similar would be committed or consecrated. We said dedicated. And we can't all go to a foreign land. We can't all um, go do big things for God, necessarily. But it has to start right here. It has to start this morning in our hearts. And it's going to have to touch everyday decisions that we make already. And one thing for me, it's easy, for, it's real easy for me to get fired up about something, you know, and uh, maybe y'all aren't this way. Get fired up about something. A week later, it almost, I'm almost more fired up about it. Six weeks later, it's kind of waning. A year later, I kind of forgot I ever got fired up about it. I don't know if y'all are that way or not, but uh, it's very easy for me to do that. And our dedication to God can't be that way. We're going to have to 
keep the fire alive. And we talked about that some in Sunday school this morning, the elderly, elderly men, um, and what a blessing it is when they're committed all through their life, and what an inspiration that is to us, us that are younger. So let's look at a few verses. How dedicated does God expect us to be? The uh, first one is Matthew 13. Uh, we're going to look at verse 44 and 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found he hideth, and for joy there's a little bit of that self-life alive. I know I'm really tempted to do that sometimes. We have a little bit, and am I willing to just sell out for God? And uh, that works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm... <coughs> Is God going to be happy with 50%? You know, half cold, half hot. I was reading uh, kind of an interesting fact about Laodicea here. It was the wealthiest of the big aqueduct from some hot springs that were nearby. To get the, to get the water to the city, I guess, to make some hot baths or something. So they went to all this work to build this aqueduct. And whenever it started working... The water that got to the city no longer was hot, like, it, like they wanted it. And it wasn't even refreshingly cold. It was just a tepid, lukewarm that nobody liked. And so I thought it was just intriguing. You know, they went to all this work to build this aqueduct. And when they got it, it was just disgusting. And is that how God looks at us? You know, he's, he gave everything for us. He uh, invested Jesus and then... We're sitting here, you know, hey, it's great to be a Christian, but there's no uh, heat from our lives. There's no on fire, just kind of lukewarm and don't really care. So just kind of a challenge to me, you know, am I a good return on God's investment? And I know we can never repay him, but am I doing my best? Am I giving back to him? And Luke 16, verse 13. Luke 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, we all have something in our lives that we're dedicated to, right? To a, to a certain extent. And we can't expect to hold self and God, or give them both equal places and expect it to work. It doesn't work. It doesn't mean that if we have plenty that we're serving it, but if we're using that plenty to further the kingdom of God, if we're using that as part of our consecration to God where, where everything is on the table for Him, if our business, our resources, anything is, is for the kingdom of God, 
And if we can pause all that to serve the brotherhood um, or do kingdom work. And I think that's one thing I appreciate about the brotherhood here, you know, when we have a work day or something like that. We get together, we help. Um, I think that's good. Let's keep that up. I think when we're sold out for God this morning, while we may have these things, the priority for God is going to take precedence. And if we notice the words here, hate and love, it's not a middle ground. Do I love God unconditionally? And then do I also simultaneously hate the pool of the self-life and the, uh, the selfishness that's so easy to succumb to? And then kind of with this verse, let's go to Matthew 22, verse 37. This is another pretty familiar word, verse, but Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That doesn't leave much room for anything else, does it? When we love somebody just unconditionally with everything we have, there's nothing we're not going to do for him. And that's how it needs to be for God. There's nothing that we hold back. There's nothing that we won't surrender to our God and what does that look like in a daily life it means that every decision that we make no matter how small we consider how it's going to affect God we consider how it's going to affect his, his kingdom and also with that when we love God like that it's going to mean we worship him we adore him from our heart and it's going to change our lives And let's go to uh, Joshua 24, verse 15. Another familiar verse here. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I, uh, we don't live in the land of the Amorites this morning, but we do live in a very depraved land. I, re I kind of uh, paraphrase this verse, maybe, um, kind of maybe bring it out just a little bit. And if you don't want to completely commit your allegiance and service to God, choose where you will place it. The gods of self-life and lust are the gods of plenty, entertainment, and ease that are all around us. But for me and mine, we will place our dedication and commitment in the Almighty God. Are we going to make that choice today to choose God? And not only today, but tomorrow, and every day this week, and every day this month, and ongoing through life. Are we willing to just be dedicated and stay dedicated to making this choice to choose God and uh, allow that to guide us. Next we'll look at just a few examples in the Bible. Number one, we look at Jesus. Um, so I was thinking about this. He's not only the supreme example of dedication to do the Father's will, 
He's also the reason that we need to be dedicated because he came, he sacrificed everything for us. I was listening to a book recently about the time surrounding the crucifixion or, or Jesus' life and the Roman Empire at that point and it went into a lot of detail about facts about Christ's crucifixion and what that actually meant. You know, it's easy for us to kind of read the Gospels and sort of, yeah, we know that crucifixion was horrible, but we don't really grasp actually how terrible it was. These Roman crucifixion squads, apparently they were trained to know how to torture somebody almost to the point of death, but they daren't kill them because if they actually did, they were responsible. So they couldn't kill them before they hung on the cross. So they tortured them almost to that point, and then they subjected them to the most gruesome death ever known to man. And Christ went through that for us because of his dedication to God, to us, and his love for us. And we see that even beyond the crucifixion or the, his death, but just his life and how he served um, everyone he met and how he made every choice for the kingdom of God. Also, I want to look at Noah just a little bit. He worked 100 years on a project for God that he didn't have any experience at. He didn't have any prior knowledge. It was a result of God speaking to him. People around him made fun of him. Him and his family were the only ones that were righteous. And, you know, I have it kind of easy because I have a brotherhood of dedicated people that encouraged me on. But he had only him and his family, and yet he stayed, get, stayed dedicated enough to complete the project and, uh, and just, yeah, follow through with it. And through all those hundred years, or hundred plus years, if you factor the flood and everything like that. Also look at Daniel. Um, Where, we, where he refused to compromise the commands of God and uh, kept his worship to God even if it meant going to the lions. And both of those times, it would have been super easy for me to uh, kind of reason away the command, right? You know, the one about the meat, I mean, he was far away from home. He had had his life uprooted. Why make it more difficult by, you know, fussing about food, right? Or the one about praying, you know, why can't I pray in my closet instead of out there where everybody can see me and get me in trouble? And, yeah, just a challenge to me. Am I, am I willing to accept reasoning or is my dedication to God and His commandment enough to keep me faithful? So we see that all through the ages, God's work has been done by, by dedicated men and women who kept His calling first question for each one of us is, is that how it is for me? Is my dedication what drives me? And does that, do I allow that to make, or help me make daily choices that draw me closer to God and build his kingdom? We see these men and Hudson Taylor, we see the, the church of yesterday and the church of today. There's a chain that's gone through the ages of faithful 
dedicated people? Am I going to keep my part in that chain and stay dedicated to God as well? I've got a few points here and on how to grow our commitment. And this is by no means exhaustive, but it's something that I thought of. Number one, we kind of went over it already, but remember what God has done for you. Remember what Christ has suffered for you and me. Um, a quote from Hudson Taylor that we talked about. He wrote, If I had a thousand pounds or dollars, China should have it. If I had a thousand lives, China should have it. No, not China, but Christ. Can we do too much for him? Can we do enough for such a precious Savior? He had a love for China, but beyond that, he had a love for Christ, and he had a love for spreading God's kingdom. I think if we have a true sense of what God has done, um, we will be on fire because we can't help it when we really realize what we, what we owe. For another point, let's turn to Jeremiah 20, 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. It's not going to be the easiest choice in the world to, to sell out for God. Uh, we're going to have to make some, make some choices to seek, to seek the Lord. We need to spend time with Him. We need to spend time in the Word. Um, and like we said before, we need to open every bit of our heart up to just sell it all out for him and allow him to guide us where he wants us to go. I think it's also important that we have a goal. We need to look at eternity and um, you know what our life is, uh, what we want our life to be and uh, consider what really lasts. And allow that to help us to make decisions that draw us closer to God and, and be more dedicated. So I'd encourage you to uh, expand on that list of how to get more dedicated to God and think about it. Apply it to your daily life this week. And finally, let's look at a few rewards of the dedicated life. It's not all hard work. It's not all um, sacrifice. Yes, it's some of that. It's a lot of that. But there is some rewards that make it worth it, right? Number one, I think it strengthens our relationship with the Lord. And what a blessing that is when we can be close to Him and feel His blessing on our lives. Number two, it's an encouragement to others. How many times have you all been challenged by seeing a brother that's just on fire for the Lord and just sold out, dedicated, willing to help and serve wherever, wherever he can. I know I have been challenged many times by those people. Let's each one of us be those kind of people so that others can um, be drawn into the work and, and, and build up. Kind of with that, the church is strengthened. The, uh, 
when we're all on fire for God, how bright that light is going to be. And in this cold world around us, if we're all on fire, what a warmth. How attractive that is to, to see people who, in this world, who actually have something to live for and something to uh, make life worthwhile. And then uh, another blessing is that our families can catch our vision. And if we don't have anything to pass on besides material blessings, that's good, I guess. But what, how much better is it to pass on dedication to God and love for his kingdom and a uh, willingness to serve where he's called us? And finally, an eternal reward. And not only for us, but as we talked about, dedication in our lives can encourage others to make that same choice or choices. And so our dedication can sometimes make an eternal reward possible for others as well. So let's keep that in mind. Let's remember that we have others looking on. We have a, uh, a, a big calling to, to be a good example and a blessing. So this week, let's be on fire for God. Let's, let's shine a light here in Strawberry and beyond wherever we go. Let's make choices each day to crucify self and get closer to God and allow him to guide us into his will and uh, follow his leading in our lives. Let's stand for prayer.